It Never Rains is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Oregon football ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. GameTime really is simple and intuitive. Once you've found the sporting event, concert, or play you want to attend, simply click the listing and get your tickets using GameTime's easy two-step checkout system. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Stop. It never rains at Austin Stadium. Happy Monday, folks, and welcome to It Never Rains, the Oregon Ducks podcast here on The Athletic. Tyson Alger here joined by Aaron Fentress. It's Monday morning. How are you doing this morning, Aaron? I'm spectacular. How about you, Mr. Road Warrior, this weekend? Yeah, I, uh, you know, today's a good day because it is, it's Monday. The Ducks have an away game, and I think we're probably done with the 730 kickoffs. Like, they're not going to do that to us on the Civil War, are they? I would hope not. Have they yeah. ever? Not. It's been a long time since they've done that, right? Well, okay, so that the remember the 2014 game in Corvallis when like Marcus had like his like Heisman moment when he like he hurdled the guy his, his um, 18th Heisman moment, yeah, 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 his 18th Heisman moment. Uh, <laughs> I know that was I know that was a night game. I don't know if it was a 7:30 one though. It might have been like one of those like five o'clock five starts, o'clock. but yeah, um, yeah. I, uh, I I think this season has taken a few years off my life because I think that <laughs> what, what was that that was at least the third 7:30 kick. Was it and, really? Um, yeah, it was, um, and it was it was so foggy driving home too. It was like one of those just classic November, late November, uh, uh, Eugene Valley nights where it's just you can see like five feet in front of your car, and you're like, oh sweet, I got like two hours of this. So um, that's why we call this the We Always Complain podcast with Tyson and Aaron here. So <laughs> it's a legit complaint. On my way to uh, the San Francisco. 49ers Seahawks game last week. This I talked to this woman in the airport who was saying that she had season tickets for 30 years. She was at the Kenny Wheaton game all the way through uh, 2015. And then they were like, you know what? These 7 o'clock games are BS. We're not going anymore. It's not worth it. And they just found it was so much more tranquil to just be at home and watch it from there. I'm sure there's a lot of fans like that who are just boycotting those games because Especially since most of the fans are from Portland, that's just that's a hardship to go to a football game. And then if it's a mediocre game opponent, then you why would you want to go? So I, I think they need to fix that. But who knows? We've been saying that for ten years now. It seems like yeah, I, I think that's the hard sell. Is I this was kind of a perfect storm of it being a late game, and you know you don't know what you're going to get from Arizona every every year or so. And so just the fact that it was kind of a dud of a game coming off of a, a, a bye week and all that. Uh, uh, not not to say attendance was bad. I think it was like fifty six thousand, and there was you know the stadium had okay energy. But uh, uh, yeah, I've I've heard stories like that too. That in fact there was a couple people that had commented on uh, I, I think a few of our stories talking about how um, you know there was one person from Bend who was just like yeah you know it's just uh, that's a long day for me. I can't swing that. And then if you look at like hotel prices around Eugene too, if if you don't book um, months in advance, I mean you can pull up and like. Uh, I, I actually looked on Monday, like the the Springfield Courtyard Marriott was charging like several hundred dollars for a room, and um, 
yeah, it's it's just uh, the, you kind of either get gouged or you get really tired, and and, and that's that. So, um, oh well, oh well, we're done oh with well. that. We're, we're on to uh, to Tempe, but first, did did you think that game meant anything? I I, I did see a bit of like, oh, you know, Oregon probably should have won this by forty. Other teams have been scoring. You know, look at what Oregon State did against them. What's this going to mean in the playoff? I'm kind of of the opinion of like, I don't think the playoff committee is going to sit there and nitpick a, a 28 point win over a, a bat, you know, an Arizona team. I think they have probably better things to do. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, like, like if, 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 if it was a bigger game, if it was like Washington or USC or a team they probably care about, they'd probably be like, all right, you know, like let's maybe get into the nitty gritty here. But um, I think they're just going to look at that one and be like, oh yeah, they beat, they beat Arizona by 30. Like that's what they probably should have done. Let's, let's move on to a, a more complicated team here for this week. Yeah, I'm of the mind that uh, they didn't capture as many style points as they could have on offense. But defensively, it's like they only gave up six points. And this team, even during during their four-game losing streak going into Saturday, was still scoring 27 a game. They were giving up you know, a right. lot more than that, obviously. So it's like, well, you held a team that was averaging 27 a game. No, that was, I think they were scoring 27. They were giving – uh, so excuse me, yeah, they were scoring, sorry, 27. And you held them to six. Like, to me, that should hold as much weight as if you dropped 50 on them. But it's a team that the defense is brutal. So you would hope you'd, win them, you'd beat them 50 to 10 as opposed to 36-6 or whatever. So, but the thing is about that, sometimes when people say, oh, we blew this or, oh, this doesn't look good, you have to look at other teams as well and what they did. You know, did, did other teams really just walk all over people? Uh, you know, I mean, LSU gave up 30 points in the second half to Ole Miss. Now, LSU doesn't have to worry about style points because they just have to win out and they're in. But my point is, is that there's a situation where uh, the number one team in the country gave up 30 points and a half <laughs> to a pretty mediocre team. So is that going to hurt them? Uh, I don't believe it is. And you can go around the, you know, the top 10 and see that were, where the teams weren't necessarily completely dominant as opposed to Utah. My goodness, now what Utah did was very yeah. aesthetically pleasing. 49-3 over a UCLA team that was had kind of turned the corner. But again, at the end of the day, the Oregon and Utah are going to play each other, so it's not really going to matter. So I, don't, I think it's not a big deal. Yeah, and, and that's that's kind of what I wrote in my, my takeaways piece that came out this morning was, yeah, I, I don't think anything that happened on Saturday for the Ducks, it should be concerning in, in the world of like optics for the playoff race. But um, I think there's things that you can take away from that game and be like, oh, man, this might not play well against Utah in, in a few weeks here because, uh, mm-hmm. man, Utah's just humming right now. And, and the way um, I, I thought Justin Herbert had way too much pressure on him in this game, especially from an Arizona defensive line that hasn't been good at all this year. Um, we still saw some inconsistencies in the running game. And um, unfortunately, there was, you know, no official word yet, but it looks like Micah Pittman's going to be out for the rest of the season. So um, I, I do think there's some takeaways from that game and, and from the perspective of like, OK, how's this team going to match up against against Utah and Santa Clara? And uh, yeah. um, I think Utah's really good, man. Like, I, I, I think I think Oregon at its at its peak is probably better, but Utah just seems week in and week out to be just humming right now. Yeah. How many sacks were there on, on Herbert? Uh, let me pull that up real quick. I, I know three. He, the, he had three. It was three. Yeah. Three. And, but he was under pressure just a yeah. lot too. And, and, and it, there was some surprising ones too. Like I, I saw like Penny Sewell get beat a time or two and um, <gasps> no, I, I know God forbid, but was uh, it, was it the reincarnation of Reggie White? It had to have been. 
<laughs> no one else could be actually, Panay Sewell. <laughs> I, I actually, actually, this it was a kind of not a not a, not a great um, game for Sewell overall because he he missed the first two series because he was uh, um, late for a meet, oh, team meeting right. this week. Which, um, yeah. which actually, like of all the players that someone would have come and told me that had missed a team meeting, like you know, I I don't know Sewell super well, but he's a pretty well regarded leader in that locker room. So that was kind of like a oh really like okay. But, hey, what's I mean, your two, name two, and what's she look like? What was that? I said, what's her name and what does she look like? <laughs> <laughs> I have a great uh, story regarding something like that from back in the day. I'll tell you sometime. Well, you, you know, this is this is a, this is an open forum. You can share your stories. if Just, you know. just imagine a young Aaron Fentress trying to decide between continuing to make out with this pretty young thing or getting the getting to meetings on time. <laughs> and if I'm late, I have to do these things called. Uh, uh, belly slammers, where you run five yards, jump on the st- your stomach, have to hop back up. It doesn't sound that bad. It's not bad for the first 20 yards. We got to do it 100 yards up and 100 yards back. And that literally scared me so badly that I was like, sorry, baby, I got to go. <laughs> I went sprinting out of her apartment, sprinting across campus. It just made it like 30 seconds before being late. And everyone was like, what's her name? Everyone knew. Because whenever people were late, it was usually some girl. So anyway, sorry, I digress. You know what's funny is so 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 we re- we record this podcast remotely because you know the chances of me getting Aaron and I in the same room at eight a.m. is are, are pretty uh, pretty low on Mondays and and the entire story you just told your audio was pixelated in my ear so it it probably sounded a lot worse than it really was. <laughs> it's like blah 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 blah. I kept it clean. What 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 was the worst? Uh, th- this is getting a little off track here, but. Uh, um, when when you were playing, what were like sort of like on field? I mean, like practice punishments. You know, you just talked about like having to do running and stuff. That like was that. the like, main one I remember. Were belly slammers? Those were like everyone was scared to death of those. Uh, and that those those things work, man. Those little petty tortures, um, they make you think twice about messing up. There was there were probably some couple other things too that I don't remember. But I was I was a good I was a good guy. I. I I made sure I was on time. I was scared to death of punishment. Yeah. And I just was that I just didn't want to be late, be shamed or anything like that. So I, I don't remember ever really being late. Um, Man, I I uh I, I remember feeling really bad. This was during the twenty fourteen season and it was when um I think Hironis Grasu missed was it like the last two games of the year? Did he have did he have a he had I think he had a knee injury that he was able to come back before the bowl game. But uh, uh, it was during like weekly availability, and this was back when like Oregon was just like uh, we don't talk about injuries at all. And uh, I was talking to Hamani uh, Stevens, and he's like, "Oh yeah, like Heronis is going to miss the next couple games. Like it's unfortunate, but you know, like it's next man up. Like just like a very like innocent quote." Um, and then I remember at the, Helfrich had a press conference the next day. He's like, "Well, according to Doctor Stevens." <laughs> uh, uh, and then and then I heard from somebody else. They're like, "Yeah, man, like." They ran Hamani the next day for, for oh, letting that one out. And I was serious? like, and I was like, oh man, like I feel so bad about this. Like, I, like it wasn't even like a like a anonymous like source quote. It was just like Hamani's like, yeah, like he's he's not going to be playing the next couple weeks. And um, I don't think I talked to Hamani after that one. I, I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably were hiding from him. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, what were we talking about before? Oh, we were talking. We're, we're we're talking about this this Arizona game and, and how Oregon won. I it was yeah like there was there was a couple like fun fun aspects of that game that that flea flicker was uh um 
just a really well executed play. And I, yeah, I think nice. that was, and I think that kind of is, you know, if, if you're putting together like the Herbert highlight tape, I mean, he, he bombed that throw hit Juwan Johnson, you know, pretty much in stride. And I mean, that was, that was an awfully nice play there. Um, but other than that, I mean, was, was, was there anything um, that you really, well, let's talk about positives here that, that you really took away from that game and went like, Okay, like for, for for me, one of the things was, I mean, I think Oregon had six sacks in that game or five yeah. or six, and, and they were able to kind of get in that backfield. Um, what about you? No, I, I definitely think defensively because had the defense not had a had an A game, A-level game against a, a not great, but a pretty darn good offense, um, th- this game's tight going into the fourth quarter, and it wasn't because of the defense. The offense only had 333 yards of, of – uh, like no, sorry, the three thirty three thirty three passing. I'm sorry, they only had 138 rushing, so they weren't running well, which they had been doing so well for the previous five games. So that was a little disconcerting. But the defensively holds some of the 240 yards that makes up for any deficiencies on offense. So yeah, I give the defense 100 percent of the credit for winning that game because they kept it from re- being remotely close. And that's you know, at the end of the day, man, you know when you play great defense, you're always going to have a chance to win any game, and it's not like the offense didn't show up, but going into the Utah game, as you mentioned, you saw some things that worried you about the Utah game. The fact that defensively they look like they're going to definitely be able to match Utah, if not be better than Utah, really bodes well for them heading into that game in a couple of weeks, if that turns out to be the matchup. So we we are officially done seeing Khalil Tate in person. Um, you know, it, it's a, a quarterback who at times has been the most electric player in the conference and at times has been a guy who splits reps. Um, but I kind of feel cheated. Like, like we never saw – and credit to Oregon's defense for this over over the years, but, like, we never saw, like, that big Khalil Tate breakout game against the Ducks or, like, just, like, one of those, like, spectacular runs where you go, like, oh, my God, like, that was that was fun. Um this, this is me just complaining about like missing out on like one of the, the aspects of, of uh, a player who can, can be one of the most conf- or the conference's most exciting guys. But uh, it, it's kind of funny looking at looking at the stats over the years of just like how well Oregon was able to neutralize him in that aspect of his game. Obviously, he threw three touchdown passes and that win last year. But um, yeah, just a, a, another a longtime foe uh, hanging him up against the Ducks now. Yeah, he came out the gate red hot as a runner, and then teams figured him out. And Oregon helped with that. It's just don't let that guy beat you with his legs. And ever since then, he hasn't been the same runner because people were just like, nope, it's not going to happen. And then you wonder what, you know, you wonder what teams are doing schematically and what other deficiencies are that allow defenses to completely take away that aspect of you. Because it's not like everyone didn't know Marcus could run, and Mariota still ran for a lot of yards, but they had so many other things going well for them that it made it almost impossible to prevent that from happening. So it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of weird to see what happened to him um, from that first year, but Hey, such is life, man. You got to adjust to adjustments to you. <laughs> it, it was so, so Mark Marcus was at the game on, on yeah, Saturday. So it was like Jeff Lockie and Charles Nelson and Tony Brooks, James. And um, I, I'd be curious as to like what Marcus thought that was going to go like, just cause you know, like th- it was his first time coming back to Autzen stadium as like not a number one quarterback. 
Um, and obviously, obviously, Boo. yeah, 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 yeah. He got booed by everybody. No, no, no. I'm boo. I'm <laughs> booing the fact. No, I'm booing the fact he's <laughs> no. not the number one quarterback. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. But like, you know, I'm, I'm sure he. I'm sure he. There was part of him that was like, I, like, I wonder how this is gonna go. You know, I'm. Oh, you know, God, I've. I've 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 had some not the most perfect news lately, and my career's not going as. A, but I mean, yeah, he he got showered with ovations, and it's it's still very prevalent that he uh, every time he comes in the aughts and he's going to get you know the full on standing ovation treatment. Um, and, Marcus, and and right, yeah. Marcus could be serving ten years for drug trafficking and get out on some work <laughs> release program and get to come to an Austin stadium game and he would still get cheered. I can't wait for that 30 for 30. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 what, what happened? What if I, what if I told you that the cleanest, most clean cut Heisman winner ever became a drug trafficker and still revered? I, I, I I've constantly told people like, you know, I, I think in this industry, like, you know, I think a lot of us are just skeptical about things all the time, but like with, with Marcus, if like of all this happened to be an act, just like this whole nice guy charade and all that, like I'd be ruined. The, the guy should go to Hollywood. <laughs> you know, he's, he's really good at that. And so, remember we got the speeding ticket. Yeah. Coming home from like a boys and girls club volunteer thing on the coast. Like, come no, on, Marcus. No. Oh, are, that's wait. Are you joking? No, wasn't that it? He, well, was, he was coming. Okay, it's my understanding that there was that, but there also was a casino involved. Well, let's 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 not. <laughs> that, I think that's been pretty widely accepted that there was a casino involved. But oh, I've, ne- I've never I've never heard that. You've one. never heard that? Uh, yeah, that's, no. yeah. Marcus likes to play little little gamings, I think. Um, but anyway, do you remember? How, do you remember how that was news? <laughs> yeah. That was so uh, funny. But it I, was, I, but it wasn't. I, I, I very distinctively remember being upset um, with the publication I worked for at the time because our then sports editor, who was there for about six months, uh, ran a uh, – it was a slideshow. This was this was back when slideshows were, were the big thing. And it was like, here are 15 times Marcus Mariota sped away from the competition. <laughs> and – and Greif and I were just both like, you got to be freaking kidding me. But hey, I've like, been in 50,000 pages at least. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think we ate steak that week. You know, it was, it was that Mark, Marcus getting that speeding ticket uh, actually, you know, kept us in business for a little bit longer. But yeah, that was like one of those just like in, in retrospect. Now it's kind of funny because it's like, man, like this was the cleanest cut guy. And if that's the one thing that ever happened to him getting a speeding ticket, like. Like, okay, maybe that slideshow was worth it. But at the time, we were just like, oh, gosh, come on. <laughs> yeah, but it, but the thing was, it was news. Oh, yeah. No, it was, it was most someone, certainly news. Someone said, would, they, would, they, would you guys have – because I, I wrote kind of a mocking thing about it. Um, and, I, and, you, <laughs> and you guys at the Oregonian, though, you had to do a straight news thing first and then do whatever you wanted to for it. Whereas I could take more liberties and just kind of like report the news but mock it a little bit. But I remember mm-hmm. people saying this would have never have been reported – such and such. I'm like, dude, you can go back and find any athlete in the history of anywhere. If they get any type of citation from the law, it is news, period. It doesn't yeah. matter how small it is. It's well, you guys, really, you guys are only doing it because it's Marcus. But yeah, I, I like, remember. No, no. My, uh, this, I, I, my like, second day as an intern at the Oregonian, this was like 20, 2010, um, I, was, I was like in the office and Seth Prince, our um, who was like the assistant sports editor at the time was like, Hey, like I just heard that 
the Rogers brothers got into like a fender bender down in Corvallis. Like, can you, can you make a call on this? I was like, God, I'm like for a fender bender. Like, okay. <laughs> so, so, so I, I call up OSU and I think it was Fank on the phone. And it's just like, Hey, like, my name's Tyson. I'm the intern here. Blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> Your voice cracking. <laughs> yeah. Hi, hi, mister. Um, Popping pimples. And, and like, I, like at the time I was already like, man, like, I don't think this is a story, but like, Hey, like, you know, we're, this is, you know, we, we still do our due diligence. I was like, Hey, like, you know, we got, we got a report that the Rogers brothers were in some sort of like car wreck. He's like, well, they're sitting right here with me. Like, Hey, did you guys get in a wreck? And then I hear like, <laughs> man. And then I hear like, man, why is that news? Like, like we got, like, it was like a, a fender bender. And I was like, I was like, I'm hey, sorry. Was there, yeah, was, was there a police report? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't. I don't believe so. Actually, I think it was just like. Anyways, that that was like one of those. So yeah, it, it happens to everybody. It's not just your Oregon Heisman winning quarterbacks that get uh, <laughs> pestered by us stupid journalists about car issues. So anyway, uh, let me ask you this. Let me ask. <laughs> we we are just all over the map today. Let me ask you this. Okay, so Pittman's out, and that was gnarly. Yeah. I mean, talk oh, about yeah. bad luck. But you you shouldn't. I mean, it's easy for me to say, but and I'm I'm trying to think back how many times I put my arm down like that. But if someone's wrapping you up, man. You want to keep all your extremities in tight because those things can happen. Um, but what does that mean to the receiving core? You think? Yeah, it's it's interesting because like I, like Pittman wasn't a go to guy, but he was he was a guy that could be relied on. Every you know he he had a couple big third down conversions. Um, I think in that Washington game he had a touchdown. Like obviously a guy who can. Uh, make some plays but it, it wasn't um you know i he he wasn't one of herbert's like top three guys i mean you still have like juan johnson jalen red and johnny johnson but uh i think the biggest issue for me is just like depth like they can't afford to have any more injuries because that you know at this point you have brendan schooler's gone jacob breland's hurt um i i think that's the biggest biggest thing for them coming down this stretch run yeah you have juan jj3 red and then Spencer Webb, um, you still have uh, Addison and Delgado running around. But, yeah, that's that's their number four receiver out. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, after yeah, and I, I think I think Pittman had pr- proven more reliable or just like more consistent, like in, in the actual like passing game than like and uh, Addison, who's been get yeah. who's probably played more than him. Um It'll be interesting to see if they like use Delgado more. He had, I think, one catch for 16 yards in this game. He was like Oregon's other four-star recruit who uh, has been uh, um, kind of MIA at times th- this year, just because I mean he's you know a freshman he's low true, on the depth he's chart, true frost, right? right? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah true exactly. Yeah. So he's just a little. Cool. Um, Juan Johnson's looking pretty darn good though, man. Beast! I'm about to do a film study on him. <laughs> yeah, he's a beast. Although God, I'm, I'm 22, but anyway, he's yeah, he's nice. He's nice. I'm a. Uh, I'm I'm just happy for him. Like he he's he's a really pleasant guy to interview. I know I especially talking to him in the spring, he was just like really excited for this opportunity, you know, like looking to kind of prove himself a bit and play with Herbert and play for a good team and um obviously unfortunately he was injured for the better half of the season, but the, these last 2 weeks have been um kind of what we were talking about coming in of like okay, this this is the type of receiver like Herbert hasn't had before. Yeah, he's he's exceeded what I thought he was going like if he continued what he's doing the last two weeks, I mean obviously that's a lot to ask. Four touchdowns, two hundred and forty yards or whatever it is. I mean, that would be, you know, thirteen hundred yards and <clears throat> that's like touchdowns. that's like like peak, <laughs> Brandon peak Darren Carrington's street street yeah. Yeah. So uh but no, he's uh 
I mean, I thought he would be good, but I don't think he'd have a lot of games like this. And he has it, but he hasn't played a lot. But no, he's he's been just a man child out there doing some nice things, some veteran things. It was a I was watching some stuff the other day. I had noticed this, but his little quick hitch he caught against USC that he got tackled at the one. <clears throat> he actually alerted Herbert. I don't know if Herbert saw it or not, but you can see Juwan Johnson pointing at the corner, um, tipping off that he's going to blitz. And he kind of alerts Herbert, and then Herbert right away plays this little token fake play fake because I think it was RPO, and then just whipped it out to Johnson. But I mean, that's not rocket science necessarily, but it's a it's an awareness thing, and it's like, hey, look, dude, this guy's about to come, give me the damn rock, and he almost scored. But he's no, he he, he runs great routes. He's definitely a seasoned veteran guy, and it's just a big cat, dude, man. That's a big dude running around there, hard to tackle. So nice to see him going off for the duckies. Um. Let's just switch gears here and, and kind of like f- uh, finish up with like the big picture. Um, Oregon's probably going to remain in the, like that six five range in, in the playoff rankings. Um, Georgia kind of did the Ducks no favors by beating Auburn, and I mean that was a pretty darn good football game. But um, you're, you're kind of the big picture playoff guy here. You had another post on Sunday about kind of what this weekend meant. Um, so let me ask you, what did this weekend mean? Look at that transition. We're getting good at this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if I were doing the voting right now, I would have Oregon four. I'd have them ahead of Georgia only because not two two SCT, SCT teams. Are but not you hate there. you hate Oregon, Aaron. Like I know on. there's no. there I do. That's the truth of yeah. it. I would have them ahead of Alabama because a a team from that conference that doesn't even make the championship game should not be in anyway. So let's just, I just put Oregon ahead of them. I have them fourth right now. Uh, I think the weekend was a mixed bag. I think you're, you're definitely happy that, um, okay. It sounds bad to say this, but it doesn't hurt that Tua got injured. It just is what it right. is. Yeah, yeah. You you would have liked to have seen Auburn upset Georgia because then you have a chance for Georgia maybe to beat LSU and you have a two loss SEC champion. And what I what I fear for Oregon, and I think that team would get in regardless. But what I fear for Oregon is that there's going to be a one loss team champion out, and it might be Oregon. And then how what scares you in that regard is the resurgence of Oklahoma beating Baylor. Now one of those teams had to win. But it's better. It's actually better overall that Oklahoma beat Baylor because that means Baylor can't go undefeated at all, obviously. obviously. But Oklahoma, with that win, and then if they win their conference title game, is going to be a serious threat over Oregon. You wonder how that's going to break down. So right now we're headed to a situation where you're going to have three one-loss – you could potentially, sorry, have two one-loss champions and one's going to be left out. And that's going to yeah, suck. The, but at the same time, that's good because the more time that happens, maybe we'll get eight teams. I, I hope so. I mean, uh, I, I think we both agree that the most important thing for Oregon going forward is Utah needs to keep winning. Like, like they, they need that to be oh, yeah. to be a top a top 10 win because, you know, you talk about Oklahoma there and, and being able to rattle off a, a, an important win like that. Utah's the only one Oregon's got left on its schedule. And, uh, um I mean, Utah's got Arizona this week. Um, who do they close with? Do they close with Colorado? I think so, I yeah. Think they, yeah, so, I mean, th- those should be both games that Utah should win by uh, a pretty penny there. So Minnesota um, losing was good. Yeah, that, that was good. Yeah. That, that, that was uh, a, a, just another opponent. That I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if either of us really thought that Minnesota was going to be able to string that whole thing together, especially with what they were going to have to close the year with if they wanted to go undefeated. But Yeah, um, but it's good to yeah. get them out of the way. 
Yeah, you but know, but just, then again, uh, if they beat Wisconsin and they get into the championship game and they beat Ohio State, they're they'll get in ahead of Oregon. If Minnesota's the one loss champion that Oregon's going up against, or one of them, they're going to get in because they they would close amazingly with a win over Ohio State. Right. Well, we're almost done, man. Like we we got two <laughs> weeks left of the regular season. Only one road trip left. I mean, we're. I mean, this is going to be our first like real busy December in quite some time, um, yeah. which is, is exciting but kind of fun. At the, you know, it was. I, I lucked out so much in my first year covering this team was that 2014 year. And I was like, man, this season's just a marathon. Is it like this every year? Not apparently it's not, uh, you know, I, a couple, <laughs> a couple years ago we were done by like, what was the Vegas bowl? Like on like the 16th or something like that. Um, granted there was a whole like coaching carousel thing to, to deal with there. But, uh, yeah, we're, it's late November. Oregon's playing meaningful football and, uh, yeah, I got nothing else. Well, that's a good way to close this. We should just shut up then if we got nothing else. All right. This is the We're Not Shutting Up, <laughs> shutting up podcast with uh, Aaron and Tyson. And uh, we'll be back on Friday. Yeah.